welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, this is a... um, This is a a very important and fascinating show that we're about to have. It's called uh, The Ghost of Dr. Zev Zelenko Returns to Inspire Us to Stay Well. Now, you need to hear it as soon as possible because it might be taken off the air. (laughs) I'm only kidding. but Well, I mean, yeah, I say I'm only kidding, but um, stranger things than that have been happening increasingly. I say that because... Dr. Zelenko, who I had on this show before, um, you can check it out in the in the um, archives. Um, and uh, his, well, let me let me just read you what I wrote as the episode description. I'll read you some of it. Dr. Vladimir Zev Zelenko was the wisest, bravest, and most humble physician of the 21st century. He risked everything to stand up to the medical establishment, politicians, and sheep. By that, I mean people who were afraid to think for themselves when it came to deciding how to protect against COVID-19 and how to treat it if they got it. I had the honor of interviewing him. You can find it in the in the um, archives. And um, unfortunately, Dr. Zelenko has passed away since then. Not from COVID-19. I'm sure that that's uh, the question everybody has when they hear that he died. Aha, did he die of COVID-19? He couldn't save himself. But no, that's not true. Uh, He died in 2022. And today's guest is his ghost, so to speak, actually in more ways than one. Uh, Brent Hamachek. He is the co-author of Zelenko, How to Decapitate the the Serpent. And um, the co-author, I didn't figure this out at first, so let me just make it easier for everybody else. He is the co-author with the other co-author being Dr. Zelenko himself. So welcome to the show, Brent. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, thanks for having me. I always love to have an opportunity to talk about Zev and his life and his work. A quick warning to your audience. So I'm doing this from my home office, and prior to the show, I was unable to corral a puppy that's in our house, not randomly, by the way, but by design. (laughs) In any event, the puppy couldn't be locked in the kitchen where we'd be safe from it. So at any moment in time, there could be noise in the background. I simply can't control it. So I thought best to explain it ahead of time instead of uh, randomly if it actually happens. So, but let's hope for the best. That's interesting. I have a puppy. Well, he's not so much a puppy anymore. (laughs) Um, A dog, uh, an older Mm. dog. Um, walking around my house who may emit <laughs> weird sounds at any particular time. So I may have to pick him up and and calm him down. But putting all that aside, let's talk about Dr. Zelenko. Um, you know, uh, Dr. Zelenko was, as I said, he was, um, the, in my opinion, the wisest, bravest, and most humble physician of the 21st century. And um, he was the one, and I'll, of course, I'll let my guest describe this in better detail, but I just want to say that um, why I said that this might be off the air anytime, um, or, although fortunately, we don't have to depend upon, you know, um, big tech. 
but um, is because he had a uh, a plan um, for uh, protecting against COVID and curing COVID once you got it, if you got it. And um, I, you know, I can, I, I've never had COVID, but um, I certainly have had the opportunity to take um, azithromycin, the Z-Pack, um, for like when I feel a cold coming on. And yes, I know you're not supposed to do that because then you become resistant to it. <laughs> and I'm a doctor and I should know that, right? <clears throat> But um, so I can at least speak up for that, that it is like a miracle drug. But anyhow, why don't you take it away, Brent, and tell us what I, let's start with how you met Dr. Zelenko and how you decided to do this project with him. Sure. So I love to tell that story. Um, Zev and I became friends because back in November of 2020, he was banned by Twitter uh, for his activity there. In fact, he was banned from Twitter specifically for a, tr a tweet that he made when um, when the president and first lady came down with uh, with the virus and he had tweeted to them well wishes and wanting them to get treated and so on. And uh, the tweets around that time led him to be banned from Twitter. And uh, his account's been, been banned ever since, just recently reinstated, by the way, posthumously. But um, in any event, uh, because he was banned on Twitter, uh, I do a show like this that's similar with uh, my dear friend Tr Tamara Lee called Trend On. It's on Rumble. We've been doing it together a long time. And uh, everybody likes Tamara. So Tamara tracked down this doctor who had been banned on, on Twitter. And I was, uh, up until that time, was not aware of him. And so we interviewed him on the show, and it was fascinating. And I was so fascinated that I asked him if he would do a long-form interview with me for human events where uh, I'm with human events media group and we own the human events and the post-millennial publications. So we did a long form interview that was published in early uh, January of 2021. And from that experience, we became friends and we stayed in touch uh, frequently during the course of that year. Uh, I'd like to tell the story of the, the way the book came about. Uh, there was a night, in August of 2021, where at about 2.30 in the morning, uh, Zev sent me a text about something, uh, assuming that I would read it when I woke up the next day because he couldn't sleep, only I couldn't sleep either. And I responded right away. And we started texting for about the next five hours off and on on a whole variety of things. We rarely talked about the virus. We usually talked about philosophy or political science or theology. And uh, anyway, by the time it was done, I reached out to uh, Chris Barron, who is our PR agent and Zev's by coincidence, by the way. And I said, you know, somebody really ought, Zev ought to write a book about what he's done. And he said, that's a great idea. I'm going to bring the idea to his team. And so he did. By the way, I had no thought of writing it. And so he brought the idea to his team and they uh, thought it was a great idea. And then Zev said that I was the only person with whom he'd like to write a book. Uh, which, of course, very humbling and uh, so launched the process. Um, you know, we spent time figuring out what that book was going to look like, what we wanted it to be, what he wanted it to be. We started doing interviews for it in earnest uh, January 3rd of 2022. Uh, the manuscript itself was finished on about August 15th of 2022 and the book published in November. So quick timeline and quick backstory. So, but did you have some personal, 
I mean, so that kind of explains how you were attracted to him and his thinking in sort of a general sense, you know, um, uh, philosophical and all of that. But did you have some, what was your connection to COVID? Did you have some particular interest in, in, you know, in this work for some reason? Well, I mean, I'm I'm in the news business, so um, you know that's that's part of my day job is uh, working with um, the Human Events platform. We didn't own the Post Millennial at the time, but we did own Human Events, and so you know we're day in and day out. I'm in the news, and from day one, though, I am a professional skeptic. So from day one of this thing, uh, I was uh, very very skeptical about what we were being told by the government. Uh, not because I'm a conspiracy theorist, but because I'm a skeptic. And so a lot of stuff just didn't seem to make sense. And what I knew as a student of history and political theory is that uh, all of human history has been uh, riddled with the uh, examples of a few people in power looking for ways to control many people. And this seemed to me right away to be a vintage opportunity to be able to do that. Of course, it was. And that meant going in, I felt like we likely would be lied to and we'd likely have the boot placed in our throat of government. And we did. All those things were true. And then as time went on, we learned more and more. It's like, wait a minute, this disease is treatable, always has been. Zeb's the one who discovered that, by the way. He did that. That's, that's his legacy. And his work saved millions of lives around the world didn't save millions of lives in this country because it was suppressed. It saved lives, but not as many as it should have. And so by the time I had met Zeb, I was already not just a skeptic, but I was an informed skeptic because we were watching what had happened between March of 2020 and then uh, December of 2020 when he and I were first introduced. So I had a firsthand interest in it. Uh, Ultimately, uh, I came down with it. And uh, by virtue of the fact of who I know, which is not the way American medicine is supposed to work, I and everybody in my home was immediately treated. We all immediately got better. And by immediate, I mean within about 14 hours. And uh, so, look, this disease was all I'm I'm living proof of it. The research is clear now. There's there's no more dispute. There's there's lies, but there's no more dispute. This disease is treatable and always was. And Zeb Zelenko discovered it. So, um, yes, that's what I was thinking. I didn't want to pry too much, but I was wondering if you or a family member or something actually had it and, uh, um, you know, saw proved this to be true yourselves. Um, let's... Uh, um, let me. I, I didn't actually give your bio at the beginning, which I should, and I will do. I'm again. not all. I'm not all that interesting. It'll <laughs> take you all of eight seconds. <laughs> On your mark, get set, go. Okay. Uh, besides being the co-author of this book, Zelenko, How to Decapitate the Ser- Serpent, you're an author, speaker. My by here, Brent Hamachek is an author, speaker. Uh, he's had his own business consulting practice since 2000. He's the co-founder of Common Ground Campus and a member of Human Events Media Group, which is the parent company of Human Events and the Post Millennial. He has a bachelor's in finance and economics and a postgraduate degree from the Graduate School of Banking at the University of Wisconsin, and also a master's in theology. Um, 
I want to also be sure today to to mention. I'll, I'll mention just briefly now, and later I'll I'll ask you to talk about it in more detail. But uh, I'm I'm so happy to be able to do this show today because on March 11th there is going to be a Zelenko Freedom Gala honoring Dr. Zelenko's memory. It's going to be in Miami, and um, Brent will tell you how to get the tickets. <laughs> well, actually, I'm I'm uh, glad you brought it up. There actually won't be a gala event in uh, Miami on March 11th. Uh, the reason for that, and we issued a press release on it uh, some time ago, is that uh, we had been approached by a private organization uh, asking us to uh, put on a gala and that they would pay for it. You know, we're a young foundation. And so we said, well, if you'll you'll pay for it, we'll do it. So uh, because that makes good sense, right? I mean, if you're a young foundation, you don't throw a party. But if somebody throws it for you, then it makes good sense to do it because you you benefit from it. Yeah. Unfortunately, once we got started on the planning process and well into it, uh, that organization withdrew the funding commitment, not because of anything that we did, uh, but because of financial issues internally on their end. So uh, sadly, there won't be an event, but fortunately, the foundation continues on and will continue on its work. And so if you get put in the position we were put in, you say, what do we want to focus on, throwing a party or do we want to focus on people and programs? And we decided to focus on people and programs. Okay. Huh. Well, um, it's kind of sad that there won't be a party. But yes, of course, they, you know, because the party was supposed to honor the legacy of Dr. Zelenko. So obviously you can be honoring the legacy without champagne and uh, hors d'oeuvres. Right. Through, <laughs> they, you, they will know us through our works. That yes. sounds somehow biblical. Yes. Well, I guess yes. maybe it is. But yeah. Okay. So, um, so let's so, so let's so start from the beginning about the beginning in terms of Dr. Zelenko's life. Well, he was um, he was born in Kiev and came to the United States when he was four years old with his family, and um, you know from that point forward he he led a, a relatively modest life and um, he was not particularly uh, religious uh, until he got into college and had an opportunity to travel to Israel. And that's where he had his spiritual conversion. And, uh, you know, in, in post, uh, you know, undergraduate school, he, he went on to become a doctor and he had a regular family practice in upstate New York. And, um, you know, he, he liked to say, you know, he was like a family member to 10,000 patients or something like that, uh, as he put it. And uh, so that was who he was. And if it had not been for the pandemic, he would have... Um, he would have gone to his grave being known as a great man by a community of people who trusted him and loved him and turned to them when they got sick. But instead, the pandemic happened, and he became known worldwide as either a hero or a troublemaker mm -hmm. uh, because he was standing against the winds of the time and yelling, stop. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, a, a relatively modest existence. And and, and if people buy the book, and I hope they buy the book, uh, the first part of the book is dedicated to getting to know Zeb. Both and what we did is he had already written an autobiography in 2018 when he got his cancer diagnosis. So we thought, we, well, we're not going to write an autobiography again. You've already written one up through that time. So instead, what we did with the book is we hit what he felt were sort of the key inflection points in his life, moments that made a difference 
And that way we wanted to get people to know him on that level, right? And if they want more, if they want details, they can go buy his autobiography. Uh, and then we also share his journey in the first part of the book, his journey through cancer. And uh, right up, by the way, up to talking about the final experimental treatment he went through that ultimately he, he didn't survive. It was very risky, very new, uh, but we talk about it in the book. And, and in fact, that was the, the last thing he had tried to do. And then we finally talk about in that first part, we share what he said about or, or what he had to say about kind of his philosophy uh, and on life. And so you get to know him really internally in that chapter. And we thought it was important to write a chapter like that because before we took people through the whole pandemic journey with him, uh, which is what the rest of the book is about, we thought it was important that they get to know where, who he was and where he was coming from. So that's what we try to do in section one. Okay, well, that's, that, yes, that uh, that certainly sounds like a good plan. <laughs> and I, I must say that it is written in a very um, literary, um, you know, it's more than just, it, it's not your usual book that you that you pick up, not just because of the subject and so on, but it's written in a very elegant style. That's well, very kind. It's been, been a lot of good words said about it that way in terms of, I mean, people have said it reads like a thriller. People have said it's been a beautiful mix of storytelling along with facts and data and information. It's easy to write about a book with about facts. It could be easy to write a book that's just telling a story. In this case, the attempt was to do both. So for me, it was an extraordinary challenge and a real, I carried a real obligation, especially since most of the book was written after his passing. I mean, actually written. So I was doing it without without my my foil, uh, and um, I did my best. And it's been very very nice to see what people who have read it have said and written in reviews and so on. Yes, well, I'm I'm sure uh, I'm ho I, I'm sure that it it will get the the um, attention it deserves. At least I hope so in this climate. But I certainly it certainly deserves it. But we need to take a break, um, the first break. We are talking today about the ghost of Dr. Zev Zelenko returns to inspire us to stay well. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where we're talking today about the ghost of Dr. Zev Zelenko returns to inspire us to stay well. And my guest is Brent Hamachek, and he is the co-author of Zelenko, how to Decapitate the Serpent. Let's talk about the title for a minute. Where does that title come from? De- who's the serpent? <laughs> right. So, um, you know, Zev was, uh, was a very spiritual man, a man of deep faith, uh, very committed to his Orthodox Jewish religion. And, of course, the serpent from almost the dawn of man in various forms, cultures, and faiths has been a, rep- a representation of evil. And so in this case, what Zeb believed very strongly is that uh, there really was a true presence of evil in this world, that uh, the devil was was not just in the details, but he was in just about everything. And that what had happened, what we had seen happen during the pandemic is that people had allowed themselves to be opened up to that influence. Now, some people do it deliberately, and some people do it unwittingly, either through neglect of their faith or rejection of it, or or simply by abandoning their, their own critical thinking skills. And so what he was trying to say, and what we say at the very end of the book, in the very last chapter, when, when he talks about what to do in the future, decapitating the serpent really means uh, opening your mind, embracing your faith in God, and making yourself steeled against the influence of evil. So his his conjecture being that everything we saw in terms of the excesses of government and the abuses of the healthcare industry uh, during the pandemic, that those were all the direct result of the influence of evil, the serpent. Some of those people were acting on purpose. Some of them were just caught up in it, but it didn't really make any difference which one they were. Uh, either way, we had the influence of evil, uh, and and that's the serpent, and so it needed to be decapitated. Mm-hmm. Well, and let me just mention um, early on that uh, Dr. Zelenko had this three-drug combination, um, which he called the Zelenko Protocol, and that was, as I alluded to, it was a combination of hydroxychloroquine, zinc sulfate, and azithromycin or the or um azithromax um and as you had mentioned earlier 
in fact, it works. You you know personally that it works. Um, it is so sad. I mean, I have been outraged um, throughout this pandemic at all of the, you know, at the political uh, nature, reason for it and so on, and the destruction that it has done to us uh, by primarily through the lockdowns and the masks and the vaccines. I have not been vaccinated and I don't plan to be vaccinated. I really feel bad for the people who did um, allow themselves to become sheep and follow right. what um you know the government has was saying and now we're seeing of course now um, it's coming home to roost because we're seeing all these people these young men dying of heart attacks you know these athletes dying on the field of heart attacks coming from this vaccine and right. uh, and so many other side effects that are being um you know for example in women um genetic uh birth problems and and um gynecological problems and um, all of these things that that um, you know were somewhat foreseen, but of course, big pharma kept saying, "Oh no, 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 it's safe." And especially for children. I mean, I have been on countless shows talking about don't don't vaccinate your children. I mean, I kind of left it up to adults to decide for themselves. Although I said I wasn't vaccinated and I don't plan to be uh, because of the potential side effects. But for in terms of children, I was very firm in saying, don't get your children vaccinated. This is way too dangerous. There is no way that they could right. know what impact it's going to have on children because 10 years, we'd have, we don't know five years down the line or 10 years down the line, and their organs are being um, are still growing. Right. I mean, look, uh, you covered a lot, of, a lot of good ground there. So let me just touch on some of it. Um, with regard to the vaccine, I mean, at this point in time, and I, I'm, I sort of give a hall pass to say anybody over the age of seventy, because you're coming from a generation in a time where it was just ingrained into you that you needed to trust your political leaders, you needed to trust your doctor, right? People in authority were here to protect you; they cared about your best interests, and of course, your your physician. Certainly, they knew best. They've been educated, and all they want to do is make you better. And and you're so indoctrinated with that, and that was so that's so cultural. That I mean, if you're over the age of seventy and you're still doing the vaccine, and I get it, you've got the force of seventy plus years of your own history running behind you. But if you're under the age of seventy or so, and at this point in time, you're you're still getting vaccinated and getting boosters. I mean, you're you're just a, a special sort of imbecile. <laughs> because there's, I mean, you really are. You're just, and there's no excuse for it. There's none. Uh, we have all the evidence in the world now that this disease is easily treatable. First of all, not only is it easily treatable, this disease has devolved into what Laura Ingram would call a nothing bunny, right? There's nothing left of it. I mean, if you get it, I just had it again a few weeks ago. And, you know, it was like having a, a slight cold. And I follow the Zelenko protocol with kyrcin and zinc, vitamin C and vitamin D every day. And when I got it, I just increased my dosage. And I mean, I was fine. I was at the at the gym the next day, literally. So if you're getting vaccinated now, um, shame on you. I mean, I, yeah, it's your right, but, but you're a fool. And there's just no other word for it because you're injecting something into your body that is of unknown composition and origin that is known to have adverse effects that is protecting you against a disease 
from which you need no protection. And if you're going to ignore the research that's been done out of MIT and elsewhere about the impact, the cardio impact, cardiac impact on, of this vaccine on young people, especially young males, and you're just shooting this stuff into your children, look, it's child abuse. And I'm happy to take a million phone calls and get a trillion emails from people who are mad at me for saying it. I couldn't care less. You're a fool if you do it yourself as an adult. And if you're doing it with your children, it's child abuse. There's no reason for it. Um, but I don't feel strongly. Uh, <laughs> with regard to the treatment, you know, just quickly, how did Zeb discover this? Well, it was in March yeah, of 2020. Yeah, you know, so it's March of 2020, right? We're getting ready to lock down for two weeks to flatten the curve. And while the rest of the world is shutting down, he was waking up in the middle of the night and checking his emails and searching for answers. And somebody sent him this video about the that had been done um, by a, an online doctor on YouTube. And he watched the video, and from it, he discovered this ability of zinc to kill coronavirus of all strains inside the cell while it was dividing and multiplying before it burst out of the cell to attack whatever organ that particular coronavirus strain liked. Now, this particular strain liked lung tissue. So what did you do to treat it? Well, zinc could kill it in the crib. Well, that's easy then, just take zinc. Here's the problem. Zinc, when it goes inside of your body on its own, naturally will attach to water molecules. Your cells are coated with a protective layer of oil. And we all know a little something about oil and water. So that means that left on its own, zinc has a hard time getting inside the cellular level. So what Zeb discovered was that hydroxychloroquine was what's called an ionophor for zinc. What does that mean? It means that zinc will attach to the hydroxychloroquine and then it can carry it inside of the cell. So what he started to do is he started to, as soon as somebody came into his office, let's say the wife had a positive test and the husband had the sniffles, he'd start to treat the husband immediately with hydroxychloroquine and zinc. And then he added the z packs to it because while it's an antibiotic, we've known for a long time that uh, that particular antibiotic has a broad spectrum sort of antiviral effect. So what it was is a form of reinforcements to help kill the virus that was escaping from the cell. And so he started to treat people with the, that combination. And over time, he would tweak it. He'd add things to it. Like he discovered that if somebody was asthmatic or had some other form of a lung issue, well, he'd add steroids to that treatment, right? But the core treatment, the base treatment, was uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine with zinc and a Z-pack and then other things added as needed, depending upon the additional um, uh, specifics of the patient. Let's move the clock to the end. Wait, wait. The Let me just ask you. Um, you said if he, if a wife comes in and she's positive and the husband isn't, has the sniffles, then he gives it to the husband. What does he do for the wife? Well, the, the he would treat the wife too. I was so okay. I apologize. I was trying to okay. emphasize that he wasn't waiting for a positive test to come back. If, if you remember at the start of the pandemic, it was taking days to get test results, right? We didn't have these uh, instant tests that people take now and obsess over, right? In so, sort of a childish way, you know, somebody gets a cold or feels like they have a cold and they run and take their 
their Walgreens, uh, you know, um, China flu test. And it's just sort of silly, but that that speaks to our character and courage as a people, which in America today is is wanting to say the least. But if you go to the end of Zeb's life, by the time he passed away, he had overseen the treatment of over 7,500 patients and had three deaths. That's it. That's all you got to know. Three deaths out of 7,500 patients. Treatment worked. Straight up. My family got it. It worked. Straight up. And uh, there's no, these are the facts of the case. And they're not in dispute. They're in denial. But they're not in dispute. So... What kind of, what did he suffer when, um, well, first of all, let's just a brief mention about, you know, how he put um, something up, a video, and um, I I think uh, something in writing on social media addressed to President Trump, then President Trump, and um, when Trump got COVID. And we'll tell that story about how Trump ultimately wound up taking COVID. the Zelenko protocol, or at least hydroxychloroquine. Right. Well, so a couple of different things there. Uh, first of all, um, the the original Trump daily press briefing where he stood up and first talked about uh, hydroxychloroquine showing promise, and that was early in the pandemic, uh, that came from Zev. Zev's video and he had reached out to the White House. All of this we detail in the book, by the way. The whole story's there for people. So he's the one that got that word to the White House. Unfortunately, um, there's two things at work here. Number one, for all of the, the praise that uh, Donald Trump gets for being a great communicator, uh, he is in terms of reaching and resonating with people. So let's say that he's a inspiring communicator, but let's also further say that he's not necessarily thorough. So when he talked about hydroxychloroquine, he wasn't complete in explaining where this came from, what was happening, the use of zinc, what was taking place. He just kind of throws out the hydroxychloroquine thing. And then let's look at the second part. The second part is, is that the American media and the American medical establishment hated Donald Trump. The American political establishment, the inside Washington people, people at the CDC and the NIH, the people in the bureaucracies of the executive branch, they hated Trump. And there was no way that they could possibly permit something that he said that could be effective to be effective. They couldn't do it. In fact, it's interesting to think in an unrelated but totally related note that um, when um, when Trump announced Operation Warp Speed. Everybody was cynical and against it in the establishment. It won't work. You can't do it that fast. It'll never happen and all those things. Well, that's because Trump was initiating it. And then Trump leaves office. And what happens? The vaccine's a miracle. You got to take the vaccine. Let's force you to do it. I mean, you just don't get a clearer picture than that, right? So, but um, anyway, when he said hydroxychloroquine, worked. Uh, Well, that meant that people had to go out and prove that it didn't. So then what we got immediately were bogus studies, and they were bogus, um, using hydroxychloroquine in either massive doses uh, that would kill anything, uh, you know, kill a dinosaur, let alone a human, or using it without zinc. Zev never said it would work without zinc, Uh, and so on, right? So we got false research designed to support a claim. What was the claim? that Trump was wrong. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah, you can look at it this way. When people say Trump was responsible for the death of a million Americans during the pandemic, you actually could agree with them, but not for the reason they're saying it. He's responsible for it because the minute he mentioned an effective treatment, the entire world needed to shut it down. That's exactly what took place. Of course, also it relates to the money to be made in that vaccine once that program was launched. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, one thing I want to talk about, um, we only have a couple of minutes left for this segment, but um, ultimately I want to talk about, I mean, it's not only about uh, the, the big farmer making billions of dollars, but also the plan afoot to, uh, to decrease the population by letting people die, not not giving them the um, Zelensky protocol, Zelenko protocol, <laughs> Zelensky, that's funny, actually. Right, I always say to people, this happens all the time. I say, here's the easy way to remember it. Okay. Zelensky's the guy who is Time Magazine's Man of the Year. Zelenko's the guy who should have been. So that's the easy way to keep it straight. <laughs> yes. Well, um, so anyhow, by 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 keeping the uh, the real... Uh, cure from people and instead getting them hooked on these vaccines that are more damaging than helpful. Um, that really worked to is, you know, certainly people who want uh, population control uh, was were behind this. So when we come back, we will talk about that. We'll also talk about, you know, I want to mention about how um, uh in you probably know that uh, in California, I'm not sure where you live, but in California, you may have heard about how Newsom um, had made a rule, a law, or something that saying that any physician who dares to uh, authorize non-authorized um, uh, things, treatments for COVID, in other words, things that aren't approved by the um, AMA, for example, um, that they, they can they, their license could be in jeopardy. Yeah, my my good friend, uh, Dr. Mark McDonald, who's in your profession out there in California, he and others are are fighting that and yes. fighting back against it. And uh, God love them for doing it. And God love you for doing what you're doing. You're courageous uh, to have this show and to say the things you say and, and try to bring um, truth and awareness and critical thinking and skepticism to your audience. So good for you. Good for him. Yes, yes, I was very happy to see that there are there are lawsuits now against against him being able to say that. I mean, you know, we're supposed to have. Uh, is everybody forgetting about the First Amendment? And if you were to tell a patient or patients to do something that was that made them die or made them get sicker, then there's an, a solution for that uh, malpractice. You know, right? Malpractice lawsuits. So. You don't need to have your free speech taken away. Well, when we come back, we will delve more into this topic with my guest, Brent Hamachek. Again, his book is called Zelenko, How to Decapitate the the Serpent. So stay tuned. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. 
Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the Terrorism Hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where we're talking today about the ghost of Dr. Zev Zelenko returns to inspire us to stay well. Uh, my guest is Brent Hamachek, and he is the co-author with Zelenko, uh, who has now passed away, not from COVID. The book is called Zelenko, How to Decapitate the Serpent. Okay, so before the break, we started to talk about, I started to mention, and I want to hear your views on it, um, this whole, you know, um, sort of COVID went hand in hand with not only uh, making billions for big pharma, but also as part of a... Um, the agenda of people who want there to be less of us, people who want to kill us off and not to uh, treat us and cure us like with Dr. Zelenko's protocol. So what do you think about all that? Well, I, I'm open to all of it. And it, I, it's not that I believe or disbelieve it. I, it's that uh, I believe it in the following context, and I'll try to make sense of that. So first of all, I don't believe that we'll ever know if the virus was deliberately or accidentally released from the lab. My guess is it was accidentally released because if it wasn't accidentally released, if it was deliberately released, it was done in such a sloppy, haphazard way that, boy, you got to be super brilliant to release it like that on purpose and have it look like an accident. So I get it. It's possible. But I'm going to bet that it was accidentally released. And But then once it was released and once it was out there, it provided a lot of opportunities for a lot of people. Now, I said in the first segment that the history of mankind has been all about the few subjugating the many. So if we put this together with a little Rahm Emanuel and use the overused line of, you know, you never want to let a crisis go to waste. What this outbreak did is it gave people with those kinds of intentions an opportunity. So the folks at the World Economic Forum, people who have been talking about mandatory vaccinations, transhumanism, population reduction, 
altering supply chains and all sorts of other things. You know, you'll own, you'll own nothing and be happy. This provided an enormous opportunity for them. So do I think that there was, it was part of some grand master plan? Can't prove it, but I don't. Do I think that it was an opportunity that was seized upon? Absolutely. Look, in my state where I live in Illinois, J.B. Pritzker and Lori Lightfoot loved every minute of being able to use this as a way to put their boot on the throat of citizens. I mean, Pritzker probably even ate more, which seems to be impossible at a glance. But um, so, so everybody with collectivist, authoritarian, and totalitarian sorts of desires, which means most people in power, used this however they could. Was the vaccination a plan to reduce population? Was the vaccination a plan to eventually be able to take the patented technology that exists to try to implant tracking stuff into a vaccine? By the way, not conspiracy stuff, and I'm not saying it's in the vaccine. I'm just saying the patent's been issued. It's in our book, right? So, I mean, the patent is real. That That's there. There's no evidence that it's in the vaccine. None. But it could be eventually. So what I'm trying to suggest to people is this, and it's really simple, is that the vast majority of people who are in positions of power are in those positions of power, not because they wanted to do good, but because they want to control you. And this pandemic provided an opportunity to do that, not just like we've never seen in our lifetime, but like we've never seen in all of human history because of the technology that exists in this moment. So this was an unprecedented opportunity. It was taken advantage of by all sorts of really bad people in all sorts of really bad ways. And what we call that is people being human. It's what they do. Huh. Well, now that's an interesting view of, of humans. Um, but let's... <laughs> it's, it's as dark as it gets, and I would suggest <laughs> you would support it empirically. Well, all right. Um, but before we go on that, I <laughs> want you to be able to have a chance to talk more about the book because you were saying during the break about how um, the money from the book supports the foundation and maybe also tell us about what the foundation does. Sure, I'd love to do that. So uh, here's what I'd like people to know. First, just a little bit about the book. If you buy it, what you're going to get. The book is bro broken down into three parts. I already mentioned the first part of the book, part one, is about getting acquainted with Zev. Uh, his life, his cancer, his, his thoughts. The next part of the book, part two, we call the COVID storm. And that's the part of the book that tells, that reads, I, I guess, I'm, so I'm told, uh, it reads like a thriller. And it takes you through from early in 2020 to this virus creeping across the ocean to the discovery of it here in America, to his discovery of a treatment and everything that happened along the way, his the suppression of the treatment in New York by Governor Cuomo, uh, not letting pharmacists fill prescriptions, uh, what happened in the national level, how he's ultimately blocked at the White House, um, through the treatment of President Trump in which Sev played a role, through the rollout of the, the vaccine, and then on right through the end of his life where he became such an outspoken critic. The third part of the book we call Making the Case. Zev Zelenko was known for three things. Number one, arguing that this was a man-engineered virus. Number two, arguing that from the very beginning, it was easily and effectively treatable. 
And number three, arguing that the vaccine itself was a bad idea, and especially for children. So what we do in the last three chapters is we make those cases, and we present factual, structured arguments based on research and case history and the whole bit, right? We present that evidence in a way that's hopefully an informative and and, and compelling read, and we call it making the case because that's what we're doing, right? So we're it's like we're arguing before a jury, and the jury is the reader. So the reader will read the book, they'll they'll hear those three cases, and then they'll render their verdict on what on what they think is the truth. You know, was it man-made? Was it treatable? Is the vaccine a good idea? We'll leave it up to the reader to find out. Uh, with regard to buying the book, go to zelenkobook.com, buy a copy for yourself, buy a copy for a friend, and buy a copy for your local library, please. And uh, because we want to make sure this book is always available. You can also buy it on Amazon. It's available in Kindle, hardcover, and softcover. The audiobook will be up in days. Uh, for all I know, it's up today. It's going up very, very soon. So it'll be available in all formats. And here's then what I really want people to know. And that is that all of the proceeds from the book go 100% to the Zelenko Foundation. Uh, that includes, by the way, um, my own royalties from the book. So uh, I own the copyright of the book, and I have given that copyright to the Zelenko Foundation along with my proceeds. So this is not about touting my horn. Uh, it is about letting you know that you can really believe that above the cost of printing the book, every dime you spend goes to carry on Zeb's name, his legacy, and his good work. So hopefully it's a good read, and certainly it's a good deed. I guess that's kind of fun. Good read, maybe. Good <laughs> deed, definitely. <laughs> okay. I might use that again. Yes, did you just come up with that? I just came up with that. Yes, that's very good. Yeah. Um, during the uh, – was Zeb threatened? Like, how you know, when people were – uh was trying to squelch his his formula um did he get death threats or did he what kind of things happened to him oh yeah yeah he, in fact we opened the book we opened the book with a uh death threat that uh he was placed on an international kill list by a group out of germany and uh when that happened in late 2021 while we were still framing out the book I think it was in October of 2021 I said to him at the time the day it, that all broke and I I got the email about it I reached out to him and I said I know how we're opening your book I don't know what else is going in it yet we're working on that but the opening line is going to be about being placed on a hit list yes. and, and it was and and I he read yeah that. yeah right. Yes, that that was very dramatic. Very good way to open the book. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, but did he get well? But did he actually get physically? Did people come up to him, or did were there? Uh, did anyone take take that that try to to uh, to kill him from the kill, kill list? I mean, did anyone act on it? Uh, well, that uh, he had a security detail. Uh, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't know. He never shared with me if anybody anywhere ever laid a hand on him, but I can tell you he died of natural causes, uh, not of a terrorist attack. But um, in any event, he was certainly threatened uh, 
in in every way imaginable and the hatred for him on social media was only outpaced by the love so you know for every hater there were five lovers mm-hmm. uh i should say people who expressed love for him otherwise it'll sound like a scandal but <laughs> um in any event what i really mean is that the outpouring of positive thoughts outnumbered the negative ones and you know i was with him we'd be doing an interview and his phone would ring and it would be a celebrity calling him that he had treated he had gotten treated and they were better and they were grateful and uh he pulled you know to to go back to the old fable uh he pulled a lot of thorns out of a lot of people's feet Mm -hmm. and so he left this world with a ton of people feeling extraordinarily grateful Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh it is sad that he he died so young 48 years old um yep uh, you know, and I think probably, I mean, I'm glad that he had all that love, but probably uh, all this, all the negativity, you know, the stress stressed him out. I think he'd be the first one to admit that, that, uh, that stress acts on all of us, you know, and mm-hmm. to, to make us more vulnerable to illness. Well, let me, again, the the um, place where you're suggesting that people go for the, well, first of all, the name of the book, again, is Zelenko, How to Decapitate the Serpent. And um, my guest is suggesting that you go to Zelenko Book, Z-E-L-E-N-K-O, book.com, or, of course, Amazon. So yeah, I'd like and, to- and the difference, by the way, just so people know, uh, Amazon has been great to us. We have no complaints about Amazon. We know about the stories of books they've taken down. Uh, they've been great to us. So it's, you know, you got you to gotta say thanks when thanks are due. But this is pretty simple. If you buy the book from Zelenko.com, uh, the foundation makes more money than if you buy it from Amazon. Either way, though, the foundation gets all the proceeds. So there's no bad buy here. <laughs> all right. Well, Brent Hamachek, I'd like to thank you very much. This was all fa- very fascinating. Um, and I'd like to, to thank all of you for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.